Hey folks, and welcome to tonight's podcast. So the reason I'm doing this one is because I was looking through all of the hundreds and hundreds of pictures I've taken since about 1978-79, and I try to look at these pictures and see how I could relate them to a young person who's wanting to get into theater because after all that's the reason I started my podcast was having a really cool conversation with a kid going who's going to go to college or technically is going to college and doesn't know if he wants to be an engineer but would rather be in theater so as I'm going through all these pictures thinking about how can I plant seeds in younger people's mind that they want to be in theater I saw a couple of pictures I'd taken, and it's basically the way a theater looks like when you walk into it and how clean it is. And I've always related a clean theater to being a safe theater, which I mean is a happy theater. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you some thoughts on about five pictures I have. And one day, if you are in theater, and let's say you're a technical director or a lighting designer or a stagehand or a theater consultant or in sales, you might always want to figure out how to very, in a positive way, articulate how important it is to have the backstage area, the catwalks, uh, basically anywhere that you've got to access in that theater clean. And what I mean by clean, and I'm looking at a picture right now of a paint rack, and the paint rack's about 48 inches from an old strimmer, uh, strimmer, an old <laughs> strand dimming rack, not a scrimmer pack, but uh, the old uh, CD80s. And about 48 inches away is a big paint rack and two five-gallon drums of acetone. And there is literally uh, muslin rolled up into what looks like wads pushed on top of the paint rack shelf. There is two or three buckets of rags. And it just made me cringe when I was in this theater. Now, I was actually in this theater to do a rigging inspection. And at the end of the rigging inspection, I wrote, your theater needs a thorough cleaning. And I said, with all respect, you have an enormous fire hazard backed by your paint rack and the up, up, how close it is to your dimmer rack. And as I went through the rigging system, uh, you know, of course, the rigging system needed some work because it was a rigging inspection. The theater hadn't been inspected in 25 years. They had a arbor that had come off the shoes and stuff like that. But when I saw how dirty the stage area was, it made me want to see the rest of the theater. And, you know, I'm a nosy person because I that's just the way I am when I'm in a theater. And now this was not a high school theater. This was a community type theater. OK, it wasn't a roadhouse per se, um, they did rent the room out to the public sometimes or to the local uh, town, but it was basically um, really more just a community theater that had taken over a very old building, about 100 years old. Uh, originally, it was a hemp house, and they had updated it to wire guide rigging, 
kind of just shoved it in there and I was there inspecting the wire guide uh, rigging and when I say that, uh, well, there's also four line sets on T-Bar, which was just really, I mean, keep in mind, some community theaters people, they're only taking what's donated to them or they've bought from other theaters being, you know, renovated and they put it into their room, which I'm not against. I'm not against Frankenstein systems. But this system, when I look at this picture uh, or pictures from this room, you see eight or nine wire guide sets. You see two or three T-bar sets or J-bar. I can't tell which one it is. I should go find my notes because I always write it down which one it is. And shoved back behind. So, so the whole wire guide system sitting about 12 inches off the wall and the T-bar system sitting about eight inches off the wall. But behind it is all kind of cluttered boxes, empty lamp boxes, like what you'd buy your uh, you know, Osram or GE or your flavor of the month lamp. But this, this theater was really, really just messy and dirty and dusty, uh, really dusty. So I wanted to nose around, and they actually had a catwalk in this theater. Keep in mind, I think this room was originally built as like either a vaudeville house or a movie-type theater back in the 20s is what I'm guessing. I don't know the history of the room. And they did have like a front-of-house-type catwalk, which was... Uh, it's a pretty much a standard catwalk, but what was amazing to me is there were a ton of like extension cords you buy from a regular uh, hardware store with the three fur plug on the end of it, and they had crammed all the lights on it, and I could actually see where some of the plugs had started to melt on it. So this kind of rigging inspection became a theater safety inspection and I wrote it all up and I'm not going to harp too much on that one theater because it was not the worst I've seen believe it or not it might sound horrible to you but it was not the worst so I'm looking at now a set of three or four other pictures uh, and, and this one is the one I'll be honest which I, should, I hate to say the word be honest I hate it when people say that because it's almost like I'm lying to you all the other time, to be transparent or to be as vivid as I can. When I look at this picture, I, I'm assuming, and, and I kind of know because I visited the people, there are one or two theater people that worked at this, and this was another theater, uh, I mean, a community theater type theater, folks. This was not a high school. All the high schools I've seen that are really dirty, I just tell the teachers, you need to clean this up. You need to you know, get a sweeper out. You got a dust mop, I'll help you. But you cannot let this stuff clutter up. Uh, you can't store acetone next to all your flats. You know, if it's a high school, I always help them get it clean. Community theaters seem like I'm being a jerk when I tell them, you know, they've got to clean their theater up or it might burn down. But this one, what shocked me the most about it was just their... You know, it looked like they had a bunch of volunteers helping the theater, but the two main people running the theater just didn't care about cleanliness. They were, I'm not sure what their intentions were, because everything in this theater was uh, just kind of ignored. It was, you know, I mean, they were so, on, on this particular one, folks, and I, sh I should have backed up and told you this, on this particular one, I was there to work on a very old EDI dimming system that wasn't working right. 
and they had a whole bunch of old uh, Lecolites. They had a bunch of what we call the hogs, which was the eight-inch major electric 1,000-watt lights, and, and we call called those hogs because they were just big old-ass fixtures. Um, all their Fresnels, I believe, were old Altman. Uh, the early Altman went the 65 Qs. And all had asbestos cables on them. And the thing was is that in this theater, they were more concerned about the lights working and about the sound system working. And, and look, you got to have lights to have a theater. I get it. But the backstage was just terrible. I mean, there was bags, probably 20 bags, trash bags full of like uh, old velour that had been stuffed into them. And these were stuffed into a corner behind a bunch of four by eight platforms, which were built out of two by sixes. And as I walked around the room, they had uh, all the one by fours that they built flats so were all stacked up in this one corner, but all around them were these bags full of velour. And, you know, when I looked at this, I'm just thinking, my God, what an enormous fire hazard they've got in this theater, especially with, you know, the way they were uh, just ignoring the cleanliness. I mean, when you can see literal dust that's like an eighth inch thick on everything that's not being walked on. So basically, any area that they walked on with their tennis shoes or shoes looked like it had been swept, but any place else had not been touched and they'd actually built a flat rack and i'll never forget this behind the flat rack was a whole bunch of crushed beer cans and so if you think about a flat rack some people will build them like eight feet deep six feet deep or four feet deep if it's a four by eight you know flat you and you built let's say a eight by i mean a, a six by ten flat you need to have a flat rack that's deep enough to hold the six feet foot flats so I believe this one was at least eight feet deep, but they had a whole bunch of four by eight flats on it. So it left room in the back. When I aimed my flashlight back there, there were a bunch of crushed beer cans. So, you know, I mentioned to them and said, hey, look, you know, I'm not judging you, which, of course, anytime somebody says that, they're judging you. OK, <laughs> but. The theater is so dirty. It, it was just it, it just it made me cringe because I'm just thinking. All it takes is an extra, I mean, get everybody involved in this theater and buy them pizzas and don't buy them beer, buy them, you know, uh, A&W root beer or something or, you know, Orange Crush or your Mountain Dew, whatever your flavor is you like and say, look, everybody on Sunday, we're coming in at noon. I'm buying all the pizzas. We're going to make this a party, but we're going to clean this theater. And you get a bunch of, and this is another thing that I just remember. They had like six or eight shop vacs in their little bitty scene shop. Why they weren't taking these shop vacs and sucking up all of this dust that had been around since the 17th century is beyond my imagination. But folks, that's one of my pet peeves. When I think, um, when I think about my, you know, 40 plus years in theater, you wouldn't walk into a theater that I worked in and not see it absolutely spotless. The control booth, uh, I waxed the floor in the control booth, believe it or not, once a year. Uh, I got one of those buffer things that would spin and you raise and lower it to make it go left and right. I, I would move everything in my control booth out 
of the like the control booth area, like into the entrances to the control booth, and I would wax that floor. Um, all of my equipment was wiped down. I mean, my mixers, my light board, um, everything backstage, all my tools were kept in a tool bin. Uh, that's just the way I, I did it. And almost every theater I've been in that is a university theater is like that. Almost, I'd say 99% of the high school theaters I was in that way. Uh, the roadhouses are that way. Maybe this is just a community theater thing. I don't know. It sounds like it when I'm starting to talk about it. Now, don't get me wrong. I have walked into this high school theater where it was filthy. Uh, I remember one in Indianapolis that I was in, and I said to the drama coach or drama teacher, I said, you know, you have an awful lot of fire hazards here. And she said, what do you mean? And I pointed them all out, and she goes, well, you know, who's supposed to clean that? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, the custodians clean the building. Aren't they supposed to be cleaning that? I said, I don't know if the custodians come in your theater that much. I'm sure if you ask a custodian, hey, are you supposed to be sweeping the theater out? They're going to look at you like, no, I sweep hallways. I sweep bathrooms. I'm not going to sweep a theater. So I told her, I said, just get all the kids, you know, one day together and say, look, everybody, we're going to sweep all of this up. I said, if you're ever in here on a weekend, buy pizzas and soda and say, kids, we're going to clean the theater. Now, folks, you're going to learn a theme from me. Anytime something needs to be done that somebody doesn't want to do, I would always buy, always buy a bunch of pizzas and bring them in. Um, I remember one time that I wanted to build eight or 10 four by eight flats. Um, and I loved building flats. Okay. Today I could still build a kick-ass flats. You know, the styles, the rails, the keystones, quarter blocks. I know the nail patterns. I would love to just spend a day building flats, get the muscle on there, you know, staple uh, glue with Elmer's glue and water, water down Elmer's glue around the perimeter and then size it and shrink it up. And it's like a drum. It was so therapeutic to do this, but for some reason, not many people like to build flats like I did. So I remember one day I said to a group of kids, um, hey, we're going to build flats. And this is when I was basically slash volunteering slash working for the high school I, I had dropped out of. And I went back. It's funny. I dropped out to work, but then I went back for 10 years or almost 14 years and helped do the lights and build sets. And the theater director had joked with me, hey, I need a bunch of flats built. And I said, I'll, I'll get with the kids and build them. And he said, good luck. And I said, I, I'll get them built for you. So I said to all the kids, I said, hey, whoever wants to come in one o'clock on Saturday, I'm going to bring in like five or six pizzas and a bunch of soda. Whoever wants to show up, we're going to build flats. And believe it or not, I had like 15 kids show up, almost too many. So what I did was I said, okay, first of all, we're going to build a jig on the floor of this stage. Now, folks, this is when stage floors were the soft wood and we could actually nail into them. Nowadays, there's a lot of purdy floors that nobody wants you to nail into. So don't go out and start nailing into your high school stage and, unless you know you're allowed to nail into the stage. But what I did was I took two by fours and squares and tape measures. Don't trust a square when you're over four feet, folks, because it can still get off a little bit. You still want to measure from the peak to peak of the wood to make sure you're building a true 90 degree jig. So we had a four foot bottom and a right, uh, eight foot right hand side, and we would build the flat um, corners into that. Uh, basically, build a bottom and a right, and then build a top and a left, and then we would join it and then put in the rest of the parts of the flat. 
And I would say four hours later, we had 10 really nice flats built. And I told him when we go to put the fabric on, we want to kind of take our time and we want to just really do this right. Because I said, I don't want to have to re-muslin uh, uh, one of these frames. And believe it or not, these kids were so meticulous and they took their time. And I look at two things here, folks. People love pizza. Most of the people love pepperoni pizzas, but you always end up with that one that wants a plain cheese pizza, which to me is insane. And then there's people like me, like everything but black olives and sausage. Okay. But when I bought all these pizzas, I bought, I think I bought six pizzas. And I bought two pepperoni, one cheese, one with the works. Uh, one had mushrooms, which I think mushrooms are horrible. I mean, basically to grow mushrooms, you feed them crap and keep them in the dark. Um, but when we were done with this, I was so proud of what we had done. I was so proud of the kids. And it was just like one of those really, really cool things. So when we were all done, we cleaned up and everything was spotless. And I told them, I sat there and told them how important it is to keep the theater clean. How important it is to put the tools up how important it is to put the glue back up, how important it is to roll the fabric back up and put it back in the cabinet to keep the dust off the muslin, you know, how important it was to sweep up all the sawdust and, and put it in a trash can that had a lid. And they're like, well, why does the lid matter? I said, well, most of the time with a steel trash can with the lid, if a fire starts inside of it, the oxygen is sucked out of the air and the fire will die. So, you know, it was one of these things that, uh, when I look at theater folks and I look at how clean they've got to be and how spotless they've got to be, it's easy to do. And, but it's got to be taught and it's got to be taught at a very early age. Now I know I completely digress there on building flats because I love building flats. But my point is when I was done building flats and we're sitting there finishing off the rest of the pizza, I was telling these kids about how, Theaters have to be spotless and they've got to be folks. I'd, it's easy to find things in a very clean theater too. You know, when you just don't cram, cram a bunch of crap into boxes and put them on a shelf without marking them, you're not going to find yourself going through all the boxes, wondering where those extra gel frames are that you have, you know, mark everything, mark every bar box. It's so important that you, teach the the cleanliness at the moment a person starts to work in a theater it becomes a habit i remember in seventh grade shop class every time we used the saws and cut the wood we had to stop 10 minutes before the bell rang so that we could sweep up our mess and put it you know with uh dustpans in the trash can this is taught having a clean theater is taught folks Okay, so I know I've been all over the place in this podcast about clean theaters, but I want to get to a couple of other pictures real quick before I wind this down. So what I'm looking at right now is probably one of the scariest things I ever saw in a theater. And I immediately uh, told them, said, look, you, you need to do something about this. So I want you to visualize that you've got... Um, a 1950-ish dimming rack. And these still exist, folks. And even though it's been decommissioned, 
and nobody ever took it out of the room, people stack stuff up against it. And these old dimming racks had big fuse bays. And behind the fuse bays were big open areas of just uh, space. I mean, it's where all the wires and all the lugs and everything was behind the rack. So if you've got an old dimming system or an old uh, fuse bay that was never uh, demoed because there might be a big hole in the ground, for some reason, people stack stuff up against this. People tend to maybe shove stuff behind it and not realize what they're doing. So most of these racks have the power removed from them. Okay, so I don't think there's an electrical hazard in them, but you never know until you get into it. But I was in a theater where here's this huge fuse bay that's about 20 feet long, about 10 foot tall. And I could only see it because I could see through some boxes behind, I mean, that were stacked in front of it. And as I started to figure out what was going on here, I said, is that the old like dimming system behind all of this stuff? And they go, yeah. And I said, so why is all this sitting here? Well, because it's been decommissioned. It's no good. I said, I'm not tracking you. Well, if it's never good for anything, we just start stacking stuff in front of it. So that whole area became a storage area for them. And I said, okay, but I said, I, I, you know, I'm just asking, your new dimming rack is just three feet to the left of it. Um, you know, this room is your dimmer room now. Technically, this is your dimmer room. You, you have 396 racks with an augs base sitting in the middle. And you're using this, you know, fuse bay, an old, uh, I think it was just the big fuse bay, because you could see the big, like, four and five inch fuses, hundreds of them. I think this room had something like 300 circuits, folks. And in their dimming room, they had probably eight boxes deep of uh, um, costume stuff. Just all sorts of costume uh, hats and uh, like a hello dolly, uh, you know, the big dress. All this stuff is stuffed in boxes and some boxes didn't have lids on them. So if you can imagine three or four, maybe five foot deep up against this fuse bay in a rectangled room. On the left hand side is the new 396 racks with an augs bay in the middle. And then imagine in front of all this were six or eight five-gallon drums of paint, which said Sherwin-Williams, which I looked at them and I'm like, is this oil-based paint you're using? You're not using stage paint that's non-flammable? Oh, no, no, no. We're only using that for like chairs and tables and stuff like that. We're not painting the flats with that. I said, it's still flammable, but you've got it sitting in your dimming room. Keep in mind, folks, even though you got a big room... And I'm, I might get called out on this. If the dimming rack is in that room and there's a door to it, I call that your dimming room. Even though the room might be 40 feet long and 20 feet deep, it's not a place where you're just going to start stacking all your garbage. There were wagon wheels, like from um, oh Oklahoma, like with the Surrey with the fringe on top. Uh, there are wagon wheels in this room. I mean, everything was, there was actually acetone stored in there that they used to clean their dance floor with. All this junk is piled into that room. And folks, I know modern dimmers don't catch on fire often. I know that, you know, it's almost impossible to get a, a modern rack to catch on fire. Okay, I get that. 
But what happens when you start to push these boxes up against the dimming rack and you start to cut back on airflow? Well, most of them have some type of a sensor inside that if the airflow's, you know, knocked down, the dimmer rack's going to shut off. But what happens if it doesn't? You know, I've, I'm always the person who's saying the sky is going to fall if you're not paying attention. Okay? I have some people say I'm way too much of a safety freak. But, you know, think of the Titanic and the Hindenburg and the space shuttles, both of them. And think about how time, how many times safety was ignored. Okay? Clutter in your theater is just flat out wrong. And pardon me for saying this, it's dumb. It's not anything that can't be fixed. Okay? And then I've got one last picture here, folks, I want to tell you about. And it's absolutely the one that cracks me up the most. Now, th look, I'm not saying this is the most dangerous thing in the world. But it was, it just, it just cracked me up. So if you remember the old Linenbach projectors, which was a open face thing and you put basically a, uh, a cutout of what you wanted to be projected. It's like a shadow box. Okay. So whatever you cut out and put in the front of this is going to create a shadow on the wall. Okay. This theater had six Linenbach projectors and I thought, you know, that's really, really cool. And they were all sitting on top of the dimming racks. <laughs> and I looked at that and I said, you know, those dimming racks have fans on top of it. I love your Lindenbach projectors, but aren't, aren't you like restricting airflow and stuff? And they're like, well, we never have. And I'm like, do you guys routinely? Now these were in all fairness, folks, these were dimming racks after I looked at it, that had all the airflow coming through the front. Okay. These were not top uh, fanned dimming racks. So they did have ledges on top, but it was the weirdest thing for me to walk into a dimming room and see on top of the dimming racks, Lindenbach projectors stacked up because they hadn't used them in probably 20 years. And the rest of the room was somewhat clean. And I'm like, you know, guys, I'm not knocking you, but I, I don't like stacking anything on top of a dimming rack. You know, you might do lending box projectors this week and next week you're putting a 50 you know, a gallon barrel of gasoline up there, you know, and I was joking, of course. But folks, you need to think about where everything lives in your theater. Okay, where do your stage cables live? You know, where do your, um, your extra lighting fixtures, if you're not going to hang them all for a show? In high schools, normally all the fixtures are always hung and stay in one place. In some community theaters, you know, they, they have the carts where they put lights on the carts until they need to do their hang and focus. Um, now, folks, 90% of what I talk about in my podcast are high schools and actually community theaters. Uh, rarely am I talking about a university unless I'm talking about how cool a room was. Um, I did not do a lot of work in roadhouses except visiting them just to climb around and look at them. Uh, you know, the professional repertory type theaters, I've been in a lot of them, but not doing service calls or inspections or anything. So most of my stuff's high school and actually community theater uh, and a couple of summer theaters, but those were always pretty clean too. So I'm going to wind this down, folks, but I just want you to understand how important it is to keep your theater clean. And if I could get a whole bunch of kids to help me build flats for pizza you can definitely get kids to grab a broom and a dustpan and a trash can and clean your theater. Pizza solves everything, 
Okay. So um, that's pretty much it, folks. I don't want to keep harping on how important it is to keep your theater clean. And I know there's going to be people here saying that I should have talked more about, you know, don't have oily rags, throw them in the corner. Don't throw oily rags in a trash can without a lid. You know, all, all those obvious things, without a doubt, those have to be considered. Okay. You, you need to have a fireproof cabinet to put all your flammable f liquids in it in the first place. You should never have a five-gallon drum of acetone just sitting on a wall of a theater. It should be in a fire-protected cabinet, okay? And I know those cabinets are expensive. When I worked at the Lily Theater, we bought one because we never had any of our flammables uh, inside there. You know, and folks, there are times, okay, now most of us used flame-proof paints okay we had our hudson bug sprayers or we had you know our long three-foot dowel rods that we would paint with brushes and you know we did all of that stuff with latex but once in a while somebody would come in with an oil-based paint and want to paint something uh just because of the texture and the depth and all of that and then we would treat it with a flame uh, retardant uh like flamex or something would be sprayed onto it but there's not a lot of people in a community theater, and I've seen it a lot in high school theaters, where they've been professionally trained. I don't know how many high schools I have been in, and I'm not knocking it, where the drama teacher is running the room, has no idea that there is a thing called uh, flame-proofing. So it's just important. If you're listening to this and you're a high school student or a college student, every theater you go into needs to be spotless. Everything needs to have a place it lives if it's not being used. Your light trees, where are you going to put those? Like I said, your stage cables, where are you going to put those? All your tools, are they going to a tool crib or a cabinet? All your, you know, I could create a list here, folks, and maybe I should have, but just where does everything live? You know, I know one time I walked into a theater and this doesn't have much, well, it is cleanliness, in a corner was literally 50 safety cables for the lighting fixture just piled up into a corner sitting with a bunch of gel frames. And I said, why aren't those safety cables on all those fixtures? Oh, well, some of them are over people's heads. And I said, what does that mean? They said, well, our front of house catwalk, you know, if the fixture falls off the pipe, it's just going to fall on the catwalk, right? I said, well, I guess, but still, you know, I would keep your safety cable with every fixture. I mean, even if you don't think it could fall and hit somebody in the head, uh, you might be just protecting the fixture if it falls off or something, you know, folks. So that's it, because I could go on, on forever and ever. So look, everybody, thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you can relate to this. If you work in a dirty theater, buy some pizza, get some kids and clean it. I'm dead serious. Make sure it is clutter free. Um, oh, and then one last thing about keeping theaters clean. When you lock everything up behind a key, you get stuff stolen a lot less. So when I say you don't want to have a cluttered theater, all your microphones and microphone cables, your, your portable mixers, your monitors, all of that should be locked up somewhere. And when you lock them up, they get stolen a lot less too. Because thievery exists, folks. When somebody sees the opportunity to, spill, to, to steal your monitor speakers and stick, stick it in the back of their 1978 Dodge Crestwood station wagon to make it a boom car, uh, they'll steal them. So rock on everybody. Have an awesome day. I'll see you next time. And, uh, 
I hope you're enjoying my podcast. I'm trying to build this, so let everybody know about it. See you next time. Take care. Go see a show. Bye-bye, everybody.